This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nally. Our guest this week is Zippy Duvall, President of the American Farm Bureau Federation. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry. With a challenging economic climate and uncertain weather outlook, the private sector crop insurance industry infrastructure protects over 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall next. America's crop insurance industry is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. With crop prices falling, farm incomes plummeting, and Mother Nature wrecking havoc, the private sector crop insurance infrastructure is more important today than ever, providing individualized protection on more than 290 million acres of farmland. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Members and delegates of the American Farm Bureau Federation will gather in Phoenix, Arizona from January 6th to the 11th for the 98th meeting of the nation's largest general farm organization. George's Sippy Duvall has completed his first year as president of the group. He spent plenty of time on Capitol Hill with congressional leaders and visited 33 states, listening to members and their concerns for the industry. Duvall says Farm Bureau has a lot to discuss in Phoenix. Well, we're going to talk about our accomplishments a little bit, and then we're going to talk about the excitement in Washington about what we think might happen in, in the new administration. And then, of course, we'll talk about what we're going to be focusing on next year and, and celebrating the grassroots making a difference in this election. Rural America came out, went to the polls, and really made a difference in this election. And I think that speaks highly for rural America and our farmers and ranchers. And I think it also gives us a great environment to be able to work with the people that understand that we played a major role in getting them in their offices. Looking back on 2016, uh, I would think that there are several victories that were along the way. And, and among those, where does the biotech disclosure bill, where does that land for you? Well, that's really high on the chart for me. Of course, we had some very difficult conversations trying to get to a point to where we could support it. And even though, you know, the finished bill wasn't something that tasted real good, we knew that it was the opportunity for all of agriculture to come together to try to head off something that was going to be bad for us across the board. And uh, we did find some solutions to it. And, and I'm just real excited about seeing the unity uh, of agriculture from all sectors to be able to come to one point and find a solution to that problem. You know, now the chore is to turn our attention to USDA and monitor the rulemaking around that law. Are there particular concerns with the rulemaking process that you especially will be watching closely for what the final rule will say? I would think, and you know, who, who really knows yet? I don't think we exactly know all the directions that this new administration is going to take us, but the indication of the direction that they're going when you look at how they feel about regulatory reform, how they feel about really doing something in immigration reform, they're really wanting to get something done. And, and I, I would think under this new administration that the rules may be easier or maybe more of our liking than what it would have been in the current administration. And that's just, that's to kind of look, reading the tea leaves because we really don't know yet. It's still too early to say. Just thinking about the disclosure in terms of what the label looks like and what winds up on the label, the electronic process, or the particular areas that, that you feel like may be more sensitive as they roll those out. 
Well, I think we need to make sure that it is electronic, and we got to make sure that the information behind it is backed up by sound science. And that's why we've dug our heels in, and that's why we want to make sure that GMOs are not labeled through passion or way someone feels about GMOs, but to really base their decision and what the information that they get from that label would be backed up by sound science and lead them in a direction that uh, that they understand more. Then, as well, reflecting on 2016, were there other congressional victories or other points that you, you think we really need to, to look back on and, and say that was a win for agriculture? The GMO bill, of course, was a success. But I think we laid the groundwork and a foundation for a lot of good things to come. A lot of these solutions are not just one year, one attempt. It's a combination of a long time working at it. And I'll use WOTUS as as an example of that. You know, we had our Ditch the Road campaign several years ago. We've continued to talk about uh, how it's a a federal land grab and, and taking our private property rights away. We've kept that discussion on that item very high, and we think we've laid a really good groundwork with it. We think that uh, the reason it was part of the campaign is because we've raised the discussion level of it. We think it's the reason that it's been continued to be discussed on the Hill is because we've kept it at the top of the discussion ladder, and and we think we've laid a good groundwork to be able to get some reform in that area, and not just in waters, but even endangered species and, and air. From the time that the water schools were released from the Obama EPA, it's really been litigation that has prevented it from taking effect. So now with the Trump administration and with a Republican-led Congress, what do you hope for from Washington with regard to those WOTUS rules? Do you attack it from a different angle, or is it still destined to wind up in litigation and perhaps even the Supreme Court? We think that uh, it's probably going to be litigation either way. We may be spending monies to defend our federal government's position as much as we've been spending money to try to defend our farmers against something that the government's doing. So we may have a flop where our focus is going to be. We do think that there's going to continue to be uh, laws come through Congress that are going to help us do away with it. And if Mr. Trump is correct on what he's been saying, he wants to do away with it totally. And what the process is and how long it takes, I don't know what that is. I've been told it, it can't be just with a strike of a pen, but it sure could hold it up until they could do something with it. So we're excited about the opportunity, uh, and but we do think that even uh, Mr. Trump doing away with it or stopping it, that there's going to be challenges in court from the other side saying that it should be should be continue on with those rules and regulations, and we'll be defending our federal government's decisions if it goes that way. In the twilight of his time as Secretary of Agriculture, Secretary Vilsack and the USDA did release new rules under GYPSA. Some uh, commodity groups have been strongly in favor of those. Others have been adamantly opposed to those. Chairman uh, Conaway and Chairman Roberts have voiced their displeasure. President Duvall, how do you see those gypsy rules? Are they necessary, and can they bring an end to marketing as we know it, as some has challenged? Well, uh, you know, I think you we're looking at the gypsy rules from through two different uh, glasses. Uh, if you look at it from the beef side, and I'm a beef poultry producer, so you're talking to a producer of those commodities. Right now, we don't see any hardships in it for the beef industry. We're still going through the gypsy rules trying to identify exactly what you just mentioned, but we don't actually see those big changes in beef. 
Uh, where our policy is supportive of is in the poultry side of it. I'm a poultry producer, and it's a vertically integrated business. And I've heard other people talk about beef farmers have options. I have options as a beef farmer. But in the poultry industry, you don't have any options. And there needs to be some attempt in the gypsum rules to bring some fairness in the poultry industry. Growing chickens is like a three-legged stool, and the farmer controls one leg of it. The genetics of the animal that they, is brought to their farm that's owned by the company is one leg of the stew. The quality of the feed is brought to the farm by the company. And that's the second leg of the stew. And the third leg of the stew is the environment that the bird is grown under and the conditions they're grown in, and that's the third leg that, that the farmer does control. So out of that three-legged stew, the farmer only controls one leg of it, and he has no options as to how the disagreements are dealt with between producer and company. It's a totally different picture on the beef side. I'm a beef farmer. I choose to sell my beef on the natural market. It's a bookkeeping uh, arrangement that I make sure that I track what my animals are being doctored with, with medicines, and I sell them in a different market. But the ones that fit the natural market, I have an option to go that direction. They're two totally different discussion items. And we think that this gypsum rule gives us the opportunity to provide some protection for our poultry farmers. So when I spoke with Chairman Roberts about it, his concern on the beef side was that the market would move simply to a commodity. And there might not be any delineation for the producer that had higher quality livestock or better meat that came to the rail. There wouldn't be any way for the packer to offer a, a higher market for that producer. Do you see his line of thinking? I do see his line of thinking. We would totally agree with him on that, but we haven't read into the gypsum rule changes that that actually would happen. But I, I respect Chairman Roberts. I think he probably knows a little more about that area than I do. But right now we have staff going through the gypsum rule proposals to make sure that, that that's not in there because we would take the same stand on that that Chairman Roberts would. We do not want to see any changes in, in the beef industry in that area. Our policy doesn't support that. So let's move to another area, and we'll, we'll talk about agriculture overall. Gosh, we had a tremendous upswing there uh, just a few years ago. Cyclical business, record farm income, pretty good uh, across the whole sector. And then we have seen a cyclical downturn, not just in the in the base commodities of corn and soybeans and wheat, but, but also in the livestock area. President Duvall, if someone asked you the, the health of, of rural America and farmers today, how do you respond? Well, I think it's, uh, it's, it's getting more and more difficult to be on a farm. You know, I think this next season, uh, we're already hearing some difficulties of our farmers getting operating loans. Uh, and when that starts happening, it, it becomes very difficult to stay out there on the farm. So the farm economy is bad. Uh, you know, there are some areas that may be worse than others. Uh, but I don't care what, what you're producing today. It's very hard to recoup your in inputs that you're putting into it and make a profit and stay on the farm. Hopefully, uh, as we move forward and start talking about the farm bill, this environment is going to make us take a really hard look at our safety net to make sure that the safety net is adequate to be able to carry agriculture through very difficult times like this. But, of course, you know, like I do, prices are low because inventories have built up. And way to deal with that is for us to be able to get outside our country and move product. And trade treaties are where we get through that best in agriculture. 
and we need to have the opportunity to get our products off the shelf and into other countries and sell them and move them in that direction. So a question then, and we do want to have a discussion about trade in our conversation. Uh, obviously, the continuing resolution that was approved by Congress before they left town for the holidays did include additional monies for the Farm Service Agency for guaranteed loans for producers. Do you see an early rewrite to the Farm Bill, or do you see a point uh, with particular commodities like dairy and cotton and, and some others that we'd be asking Congress to step in and, and take some early action on policy? Well, of course, I would tell you that our organization does not support opening up the current farm bill. But I've heard Chairman Roberts and Chairman Conaway say there possibly could be some uh, things that could be done administratively to help agriculture through this difficult time. Uh, the staff here at Farm Bureau is looking for those opportunities alongside of the two uh, ag committees, and we're looking for ways to be able to help agriculture through that. But we would not support opening up the current farm bill. You were one of the first general commodity organizations or specific commodity to start working on this new farm bill. You've had a committee in place for some time. Can you give us any clues to what they might have seen or where the discussion may guide as it comes up before your delegates? We have taken the initiative to jump out in front and try to be prepared because we think 2017 is going to be a year that we have a lot of discussions. And if we uh, are prepared for those discussions, we make a move it along and make, make this process a little smoother than it was last time. So I put together a working group that was made up of uh, uh, State Farm Bureau staff across the country. And they were assigned to other states that weren't represented on that working group, uh, other states to talk to. And we had unbelievable uh, success in that working group because these staff people had their ear on the ground. They were hearing what the farmers were saying about our current farm bill. And they put together 30 or uh, more white papers and I think a dozen or more videos that, that were on our website that farmers, our grassroots, could go to to look at to generate policy. And out of 400 and something resolutions that come to us this year, uh, almost 300 of them were in the Farm Bill area. And I think the reason that was there was we created an environment for our grassroots, our farmers and ranchers back on the farm. We created an environment that generated conversation and discussion about what we ought to be moving forward to. So now we've had our national policy development process. The state Farm Bureau presidents went through all those policies and developed a proposal for the convention. And, of course, I'd be premature in saying what would come out of the convention. You know, there are those uh, inside Title I that were adamant that there should be a price loss coverage and others that thought it should be average revenue coverage. I wonder, in the debate on this policy, do both of those survive, or do, do the agriculture leaders in Congress come up with some new form of safety net for producers? Well, I, I, you know, we'll we'll see. I think the the jury's still out on that. Uh, you know, of course, cotton uh, desperately needs uh, some changes in their program. Dairy has struggled in this farm bills program, and then we have some ARC uh, county average problems in it. But the big piece of it is to continue to support the crop insurance piece. Do you see farm and food policy together, or do you see farm or food policy? coming through the Congress? I don't think it makes any sense at all in splitting them up. They go hand in hand. They have for years. Feeding people and farm policy go hand in hand, and I think it makes all the sense in the world to keep them together, and let's talk about food security 
and food availability for our people in our country. I've been following farm policy since the early 80s, and it was always a challenge to watch the different commodity groups and lobbying for their position, heartening to see in the last farm bill how the commodity groups came together in support, but also heartening to see the relationship between agriculture and conservation and nutrition. Uh, President Duvall, will it, will it take that coalition of farm and non-farm groups to see this new policy across the finish line? I think you're exactly right. I think it's going to take a, a partnership of all the ag groups and the groups that are related to agriculture or related to to the farm uh, in rural America to come together and make sure that we have sound policies to uh, to have a good farm bill. And I, you know, I've talked about that a lot this year. One of my main objectives as president, of the largest general farm organization in the country, is that you know Congress doesn't want to hear 15 different commodities what they want in the farm bill. We need to have those conversations behind closed doors out here in the countryside and go to the hill with as close as we can to one voice uh, so that so that our, uh, our representatives, our congressmen and senators don't have to pick, pick winners and losers. So we're thinking out loud just a little bit. Uh, in 2017, there'll be a budget process. There may be budget reconciliation, and you may have to fight for the dollars that you have in the baseline. Yes, and we're very concerned about that. We will still hold to the fact that agriculture in the last several budgets have taken the blunt of a lot of cuts already where other departments haven't. So we think agriculture has already done their fair share, and we're hoping uh, that it will not get hit as hard as it has been in the past because this is about national security, it's about food security, and it's about food availability, and we want to make sure that we can provide that to America, whether it be on the farm or whether it be some person that's in need. On the campaign trail, President-elect Trump talked about uh, easing regulatory challenges toward business and agriculture, talked about change overall, and he also was very adamant against uh, multilateral trade deals and didn't speak highly of the North American Free Trade Agreement or especially uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. President Duvall, how important is trade to agriculture, and how do you negotiate and communicate with this new administration on your desire for trade? Well, you know, since the rhetoric in the campaign was so negative on TPP and trade, uh, of course, we had campaign out there and social media campaign out there trying to educate not just the people on the Hill, but the, the general consumer and even our, some of our farmers have, as to how important trade is. And, you know, we're going to have to continue doing that. We're, we're going to have to talk to this administration and talk about uh, uh, the positives of trade when it comes to agriculture. You know, 30% of the income to uh, farmers out there is is because we have good trade relationships with other countries, and and we need and, it, and it's going to be more in the future. Uh, so we just got to continue to educate. We got to tell them how important it is. I'm real disappointed that TPP has been labeled as a bad treat of trade treaty because uh, we know that it re- returned 4.4 billion dollars back to our farmers and ranchers out in rural America. And it's just uh, very uh, disappointing that we're not going to have the opportunity to deliver that to the, to them because that would have took some of the commodities out of storage and it could very well uh, return some of the price back to us. The president-elect has uh, discussed a get-tough policy on China and we have a WTO challenge to the Chinese on 
their subsidies for some uh, general uh, commodities and also on their tariff rate quotas. Do you fear a get-tough policy with China? Well, we know that every time we have a get-tough policy with any country, that agriculture is always the first one to get the blunt of it. I mean, you can go back in history, uh, back when when uh, the president come from Georgia and what happened during that era. So we know that when you get tough, it gets tougher on the farm, and and we're we're very concerned about that. Uh, we're not saying that we shouldn't be tough, but we got to do it in a way that it just doesn't uh, totally destroy our farm industry. President Devon, we want to thank you very much for spending time with us here on Open Mic. Wish you a tremendous amount of success at your 98th convention in Phoenix. This is Open Mic, and, sir, you have an open forum. Well, thank you so much, Jeff, and it's always a pleasure to be with you. It's been great being the president for one year, and uh, and uh, now we're looking toward, toward the future and, and trying to identify uh, the wins that we can have in the future. And we're just totally excited about having a new administration in town uh, and being able to work with him. His uh, his motto is make America great again. And the farmers and ranchers across this country uh, came out and helped pave the road for him to go to the White House. And we definitely won't be his partner in making America great again. You know, I just want to say uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful planting season, and I know that will be happening real soon. And uh, we just hope we have a, a good planting season with good weather and a great harvest because that's always good for America. Our thanks to Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by America's crop insurance industry. Thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Dowling.